No, but everybody else did. Yeah, and I helped everybody else train. Actually, it was good. We did. We have. We've had a lot of people doing these CrossFit workouts too, which is awesome. Yeah, but you did. You did. You do this one or no? I did it on Friday. <clears throat> How'd it go? Oh, it was awesome. I love this one. This one, I would have. If I, if I could have designed a workout for me, it would have been this workout. I'm serious. Like I. You know, let's just jump in here. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, welcome to the OFX Podcast. I'm Dave Claxton uh, with Bethany McChesney. Uh, today she can be the oh, half-pint Hercules because we're going to talk CrossFit a little bit right now. And <laughs> jump in because I will probably won't edit out a lot at the beginning. We'll just keep going. So, yeah. yeah. So how did it go? Like, I mean, I haven't done um, this Monday. So we're doing tomorrow. Yeah, I, 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 I get online at 7.30 when they announce this workout. And when they say dumbbell snatches and burpee box overs, I was like, this is so great. Yay! Because <laughs> we, did, we did the um, the OCR stars thing and it was burpee box overs. And so I practiced it so much. So I was like, I have this movement. I know this movement. <laughs> and dumbbell snatches is just... It's, it's just such a great movement. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this one. Um, so it went really well, actually. So I'm doing the scaled, I'm doing the scaled workouts, mainly. Um, yes. Pardon? <laughs> Called you a wuss. Yeah. No, I just, for me, CrossFit isn't my focus. So with, I know that if I, if I did the regular ones, I, I something, I did end up pushing myself as like you should, but I'd end up with something. I'd tweak something or hurt my back. I just want to have a good time and I want to push the workouts and kind of stay within my my abilities right now. So I could have done the other ones, but I just wanted to have a really good time and do the scaled version. So I love this workout. So and I've had so many people from the gym doing it too. So it's been a lot of fun. But this one, and I'm probably gonna give it another go tomorrow just for the heck of it. I don't know if I can go faster, <laughs> but we're going to give it a shot. Uh, give it a shot. My back's pretty sore, but it's okay. So have you, have you checked the standings at all? How does your time stack up so far? Cause so but, was, everybody puts in late. Everybody does it. I hate that they do that, but everybody puts in late. I know I haven't submitted mine either. Cause I, I mean, I know I'm going to do it again, but right now I'm still, I'm top 10 and scaled overall worldwide. Wow. Like that's, that's huge. Even, even this early, that's pretty big. That's good. Yeah. Oh man. So I'm, I'm, I don't want to say ticked, but I'm annoyed because we signed up, like you said, we signed up for the, the no equipment and the first no equipment one was pretty good, right? It was all right. It was hard. And we did no equipment doesn't have a scale. So you're just everybody yeah. in one thing, but this one, like, ah, so we got the burpee box jump overs, right? And that's great. Oh no, sorry. We don't have burpee. We have burpee broad jumps, which again, for no equipment, that's, you know, as close as you're going to come. That's fine. Yeah. But then we're doing this like weird kind of broomstick snatch. I saw know? that. And it's like really kind of lame. And I get why they did it because they tried to keep it in line with what yeah. the equipment was doing. But I'm just like, I have no inspiration to do it whatsoever. I, and I don't know if this is within the rules and how it works, but I think I'm just going to do the scale to the equipment one tomorrow instead because to me that looks like more fun and yeah i just I, it's it's hard to get motivated by it but uh yeah i when i saw what the no equipment one was 
I, I was like, I don't even know why you would bother. And ultimately, you have to think about your, what are your goals of doing this? Yeah. And if it's to get some really awesome workouts in, just go and do switch over for this one. Do the scaled equipment one. Give it a really good effort. Have some fun with it. Yeah, I think so, too. Like, because this is the whole point of this for, for me was to, to test the waters. Never done CrossFit Open before. Right. Um, would really have rather done the equipment, but I don't have a barbell and plates that so when they announced the equipment needed i didn't have that i had everything else yeah. so i i could have done the equipment for both the first workout and for this workout yeah yeah uh, so i mean anyway it's it's an experiment it's uh definitely a learning curve um but i think i will i think i i don't know if i'll do the scaled or the the rx i mean i'm kind of like the rx is challenging it's nice to go in there and say i did what the big dogs did and then i know a direct comparison of just how much better they are than me which is a lot yeah <laughs> but i, I sit down then i know but then i think i could be more competitive and, and push myself harder on the scaled one because it's just not quite so heavy a weight right yeah and you also have to remember too when you're trying to do a movement that's done at a really really fast tempo mm -hmm. you that's when things can kind of happen that like we can do dumbbell snatches but when you're trying to do them fast and you're doing 150 of them that's when like you don't want to tweak your back and no. hurt yourself and so if you're just if you're doing it you always have to remember what are your goals if you're doing it to have a really good time push yourself it's okay to do the scale too yeah and i did like i do it's so it's 50 pound dumbbell snatches single arm dumbbell yeah. snatches and i do those actually quite often um but not to the tune of that many reps usually it's like a you know, 10 to 15 or 10 to 16 reps set, you know, split eight between each side. It's not, yeah. what, what is the final number? Like 100 and 150. 150. That's a lot of reps. Yeah. And fast, very fast. Yeah. Right? And, and I do have the scale one. I do have the 35 pound dumbbell, so I can do that one. So that'll probably be the way I go, but we'll see. Um, I did notice too, though, and I, this is one of the things that interested me about jumping into doing the CrossFit one. It's like we have judging, always have judging controversies in a, in a virtual stuff. And I see it in the CrossFit one too, which is, I kind of thought maybe they had a system around it. Maybe they had figured it out, but um, I saw, oh God, just, I believe it was a, a, a girl who, instead of wall walks, was doing shoulder taps. Oh. And was like sitting at the top of the leaderboard. <laughs> and I was like, wow. Oh, and I didn't see this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, she was right near the top of the leaderboard for, this was for no equipment. And we were like, whoa, like, you know, yeah, sorry, for scaled. And uh, yeah, so instead of those partial wall walks, she was doing the shoulder taps. And we're like, I, I don't think you can do that. But what we did notice was, yes, they, I don't, they don't judge every video, but if you are, Across, and we didn't know this. this is probably common knowledge for a lot of people at CrossFit. But if you're a CrossFit, take their online judging course. It's like ten dollar course, and whatever the case may be, you can make little. There's like boxes you can click, like questionable form or workout right on or whatever the case may be. And I guess if somebody gets enough clicks on that, it would notify the CrossFit HQ that, Hey, you guys got to look at this video or whatever the case may be. So I don't, I haven't double checked. I got busy and I haven't double checked to see what happened, but at least there is something going on there. And, um, but still it's, it's just interesting to see they're not immune to it either. There's definitely going to be things that slip through the cracks. It sure it would all work out in the wash once it gets to the live events, but, right, yeah. but it's definitely as, as flawed a system as anything else, put it that way. And then when you're dealing with mass numbers that they're using, like, you know, over 100,000 people in this thing. I don't know, maybe yeah, over 200,000 people. <clears throat> yeah. You'll definitely get the cracks through.
So yeah. So you did it, and how, you said how many how many of your clients do you have to go through? Uh, we have about fourteen, which is really good actually. Considering we're not a CrossFit gym, no. <laughs> so I'm basically like, let's do this thing, and it's CrossFit, and they're like, okay. <laughs> so it was a really big deal actually that we have that many people. And when you don't, you you can't tell them what the workouts are ahead of time. No. But it was because I said there's like, there's the scaled versions if you have to do no equipment. So I'm like, there's options. Like, I'm not going to make you do the prescribed versions, the RX. Um, you just kind of come out and have a good time with it. I also was like, nobody has to submit their scores too, because that adds the extra pressure. Yeah. I won't videotape you, which adds the extra pressure, but just come out and do it. Because it, either way, people are watching and they're cheering you on and they're counting your reps. And it's just like in that race environment where you're just going to push yourself that extra level. Um, so that was exciting for me just to have people to come out and do that anyways, regardless of whether they're submitting and going on uh, the leaderboards and videotaping it and all that. So it's been a really great community building um, event for us, actually. What you should do, and, and I don't know if for the next one or even the next round, I don't know if you thought, but you should take that online course at and I could be wrong. So if I'm wrong, stop screaming at me on the screen or whatever the case may be. But my understanding is it's like a $10 online course. And if you take that, you have the ability so they don't have to videotape it. You can count as a judge. So oh, okay. You could actually judge your members on their reps and stuff. And then that would take the pressure off of them having to submit a videotape. And But that's also why I think there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on. <laughs> So I was wondering this because I, I just assumed you had to be a CrossFit affiliate gym in order to be able to do that. I don't, I don't think so. I it, like, I know that I went and cause we looked into it. I looked at, we weren't sure if we had to take the video and how the process worked. And then we saw, well, it says here, who's your judge when you're filling out the, uh -huh. the scorecard. But when you submit it online, if you click provide, if you're clicking, you're providing a video, then the judge thing goes away. So I don't know. I mean, that's something to look at, though. I think it's actually a simpler process than you than you think to just be able to do that judging. Okay. Yeah. Well, that would actually be really good. I didn't. I didn't know that, but I would definitely do that. So, like, I've, we haven't talked a lot in the last week or so. So it's kind of interesting to catch you up on on something that I did. Um, actually, I did a few things. We did a lot of stuff. So I'm it's quite a lot. <laughs> But one of the things we did was we volunteered to do judging for High Rocks UK. Yeah, so they had like a High Rocks UK final where they did a, a live stream event. And they had, I, I'm going to guess in the neighborhood of like 15 men and women all do a live stream High Rocks workout that High Rocks put together for the UK group. And then afterwards, we would judge the videos after to, to go through it. So yeah, uh, my, my wife and I, we both volunteered. We did the judging. And a couple of things came that I, we already suspected and already knew. And then it just, again, gave, did give us a great appreciation for the people that do do the judging. Um, which hey, we enjoyed, though. It was good fun. But it, it takes a lot of time. Like, we were slow-mowing videos. We were literally, and this is just so you know how we worked it. We're trying to judge depth of squats because they had squat jumps in it. And you have to get your hips below your knees. Well, some people were great. Some people are like, their hips are dropping to their ankles. Other people, it's nowhere near. They, there's just no go. And then other people are right on that borderline. They're right there. And to yeah. be, because we were trying to make this very fair, very accurate. We literally, on the computer screen, put a piece of dental floss across <laughs> the front of the at the height of their knees to see if they were up. And then slowed down the video to like half and quarter speed to see if they made it. That's how... 
Wow. So when you were dealing with like a 15 minute workout and you're watching these workouts at half speed sometimes and then having to go back and check again and again, we were putting hours and hours and hours and hours into the videos. That said, it turned out they wow. did a really good job. I mean, there were some pretty wacky scores because some people in previous events, even with High Rocks and with other events, because they're not right at the top, their videos aren't getting judged. So they just don't realize what they're doing is not to standard. Right. And they're like, well, it was accepted before. Well, it wasn't watched. Right. And, and just because it's accepted in one competition doesn't mean it's going to be accepted in another competition. So it was very interesting. It was really well done. Uh, the people in the UK did great. And the athletes, they were all killer athletes. They all did great. Some of them missed the mark a little bit and got a lot of penalties. Because <laughs> um, generally, like, it, high reps of one workout. Yeah. So if you're doing one wrong, you, uh, you know, voice of uh, experience here, you might be doing 190 <laughs> wrong. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, exactly. So there was a lot of that. But some really, really good. And just really impressed with the people. Really impressed with the organization, how they did it. And it was a good mark for High Rocks. It seemed like everybody came away, but it was also a great experience for me to see yeah, that. The other end. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not just, no longer am I just complaining about it. I actually have partaken in the judging. So I can <laughs> see it from that side. And having seen it from that side, it is not easy, but I still think it can be better. And I was right the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> you did that just to prove a point. <laughs> just to prove a point. That, yes. Um, Thank you very much, Hierarchs UK, for letting us take part. We had a blast. It was amazing. Emma was awesome. She was the head judge in Rana. She's just a fantastic woman. Um, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. The other thing we did was just this weekend, we went and took part, uh, like, with the Tough Mudder episode we just had in the Tough Mudder Equinox. And we just did pit crew. Uh, and again, was a, a bit of a group. And it was so much fun. Um, first off, we had great weather which yes. was really yeah. nice finally late march in canada can be <laughs> yeah yeah can, yeah, yeah. It, it, anyway so we had great weather no snow and in the pluses and really really good running weather no high winds um we were down again at the joe perry farm and we were lucky enough uh, joe himself ended up coming and here's another little thing you'll like this joe came third overall for men Wow. For those who don't know Joe, he is over 50 and he did 60, 60 miles in the 12 hours, uh, marked as third overall for men. But I actually believe that he will actually get bumped up to second because uh, the man who won, um, I'm, I'm sorry, his name slips me, but um, he did a great job. He, uh, Grant, um, he did a really good job, deserves a win. Fantastic. The guy who came second, and I'm not saying anything bad about him, but when I went through his lap times, a lot of stuff didn't add up. Um, started out with like a 38 minute five mile which is fast and then like a you know slowly slow down like 45 48 then like an hour hour and seven hour and nine and then a 25 oh yeah no yeah and then like like another low 30s and then a couple of 40s in a row a, a 25 minute five mile yes yeah, no, exactly. Not. So, and honestly, could very well just have been a misentry of information. Doesn't necessarily mean he tried to do anything underhanded or anything like that. He yeah, could just yeah. sometimes these things are, you know, a little foreign to people. And you, once you know how to do the entry, it's easy. But the first couple of times you're doing it, it might be a little bit off and confusing. So, I, just, I, I believe Joe will get bumped up to second place. And either way, Joe Perry, great job, man. Watching him go, that guy is just like. He just keeps cranking it up, just keeps cranking it up and just keeps going. And so they do a five mile loop and then they have a challenge each time they come back. Is that right? 
Yeah. And the challenges were a little more physical this time. Like oh, okay. a, a little, like they had a 300 meter bear crawl. Ooh. Yeah. After, that was after about 20 miles of running. Then you had a 300 meter bear crawl with like a, it's just a five pound bag of flour on your back, mm-hmm. but it was still like a 300 meter bear crawl. It's killer. And it just destroyed everybody's hips. Yeah. After but, that running and then doing the bear crawl, everybody's was complaining their hips were just shot. And then they had to go back out and run more. And then even certain things like a lot more squats and push-ups and stuff like that, a lot more physical challenges, not not so much balancing a balloon in the air as much this time. The, the, yeah. yeah, they were still fun challenges and still had, you know, some gimmicky tough mutter, you know, fun, fun stuff with it. Find little loopholes around it to make it easier, but yeah more physically demanding definitely um and then also with us and this was the girl we were mainly pitting crew pit crew for jules tower she won overall for women yay and, good um, job jules yeah she did great um the, and yeah you know jules as well from jules, yeah that. so yeah she won overall she put in 55 miles oh, um and just she muscled it out like she was she was struggling earlier on early on more than i normally would see her and she just kept going. By the end, she was doing almost like a Terry Fox hobble run. Aww. And But yeah, she did it. And she had another girl there right with us, Tanya, who was, by the end of it, was maybe 800 meters behind her by the end. So it was oh, wow. very close. And another girl online who we didn't know exactly where she was. So it was nip and tuck. She had to push hard to the end. It was great fun. But it, That's awesome. It was, like, it was like a weekend away from all the chaos that the world is right now. Yeah, you can just shut it out a little bit. It was fun, and people were great, and everybody was having a good time. And, um, you know, we did our responsible, you know, we we followed all the rules. We did what we should. We even had a police car drive by to make sure. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) A little nerve-wracking at that point. We're all like, "Uh uh-oh, are we okay? Are we not okay? But just cruise by, no issues whatsoever. Well, it's good. It, it shows that you can make things work and you can follow all the rules and just you can do things. You can do things like that still. People need that. Yeah. And I mean, that's the same as like you having everybody at the gym finally doing the CrossFit stuff, right? Like it's. Yeah. It's a we just limit the numbers in the gym at the same time. And for the most part, we have people that are already in their own bubbles that kind of come at the same time anyways. So it's like today we had the husband and wife duels. Yeah, yeah. I saw that. How'd that go? Battle of the sexes. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. So we have one couple who actually does more CrossFit and they own another gym in town in mm-hmm. the town that I live in. And so they went head to head and then another couple went head to head, both police officers. And yeah, it was so great. And it was it was their suggestion too, but I was like, Yeah, let's go for it. And uh yeah, it was awesome. So the one couple, the wife one, the other one, the, the male one, and so it was awesome. Oh, I think you should have made like then that husband battle that wife and see who come ahead on that one <laughs> yeah oh yeah like a pyramid thing it's like it, <laughs> and this is gonna sound horrible it's like a strange view of fitness wife swapping like it, it <laughs> like yeah yeah that didn't go over well Shh, don't mention it. i said that anyway <laughs> edit that one out really quick <laughs> nah i don't get time to edit so yeah you know what though this kind of it's really awesome actually that's good and this is a bit of a theme actually now that i think about it we're going to come around with a little theme here of kind of the step back to I don't want to call it normal, real world, whatever, whatever you want to freaking call yeah. it. So we missed and we had talked a couple episodes back with Leon. And I mean, Leon was amazing. Yeah. Exactly. He was getting ready to go to Savage. So first off, Leon did go to Savage and he got back to back second places to Matt yeah. Kempton and did amazing. Mm-hmm. 
that was a great story and it was so good to see him do really well there. But the big story from that Savage, and this is nice again, we're back to a competition. We're back to like competition talk. Yeah. Big story from that Savage one was that they took in the first day in the regular length Savage, they took the rig at the end of their Savage rig. That would be their harder rig. And they had one, it's like two or three, four lanes, whatever the case may be, one side for the men and then one side that was shortened up and made easier for the women. And, you know, it kind of played in the race a little bit. Um, Rebecca Hammond ran a great race and, and you know, ran away with it pretty good. I mean, her running is just, you know, yeah. Hammond for crying out loud. She's amazing. Yeah. Then the next day in the sprint, again, she had run out to a great lead and for those of you who have not seen this, I really, really encourage you go check out Obstacle Racing Media's coverage of it. And this finish was fantastic. I mean, oh yeah, it was great. So you had on the final rig, so they, Savage decided we're going to make the women's rig. And there was a lot of talk about it, whether they should or shouldn't or whatever the case may be, but they're going to make the women's rig the same as the men's now. And I don't know if they were bowing to some criticism or this was the plan all along. Not sure. But this is what they did. So they made it the same as the men's. Rebecca Hammond, again, out to a pretty good lead. Um, shorter race, though, so she wasn't quite as extended as the last time. Gets to that rig, and then on the end is really, you can see it kind of flustered. Yeah. Grip, maybe not attacking it very well. And then from behind her, Chris Roglowski. I'm going to take a stab at it. Yeah, yeah. Chris, who is no stranger to, to OCR. She was on the Titan yeah. Games. She's uh, been, I believe, first place in OCR WC for a team. Uh, yeah. You know, I, race, I remember seeing her at Norams in 2000. Yeah, sorry, at Noram. Well, 2019, sorry. Before the year that didn't happen, 2019, I remember racing her, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so she is no stranger. She knows she, yeah. she knows stuff, and she's, she's a... She's done a lot of ultra stuff also over the last year. That's right. Super strong competitor. Well, she's she does more savages than Rebecca and is very familiar with their obstacles. And you can see she just flew through that rig. And then when they got to that rig, they get to the top. And if you, okay, so listen, if you haven't watched the video yet, watch the video. We'll pause this. Yeah. And come back because I'm about to spoil it. It's two weeks old though. And if you haven't watched it now, that's your fault. You should have watched it already. It's worth so, it. It's worth it. It's a nail biter. Yeah. So they, they, they climb and they get to the end and literally it looks like Rebecca's almost going to fall off the rope. But they end up, they both climb up and Chris makes up all the distance in that rig. They hit the bell together. They hit the bell at the same time. Oh, yeah. Like, I don't even know who hit it first. I think it was honestly almost simultaneous. Mm -hmm. Maybe Chris hit it first because she got off the rig faster. Yeah. Because yeah. she had a bit of a lead because if you're going to try to outrun Rebecca, you better get out fast. So I think that's what happened. And then and there just wasn't enough time. And she didn't, outrun, she didn't outrun Rebecca right there. Rebecca pulled ahead of her a little bit again because there was, and then they hit the cargo A-frame. Oh. And then up the cargo A-frame, and that's where, again, Chris, better obstacle proficiency, yeah. got up and got down off. And then, again, another sprint to the finish, but she had enough to hold off there. But I, I think if that race was 30 meters longer, yeah. Rebecca passes her at that. But I'm, yeah. But that's what you want to see. That's great. Yes. Yeah. So a couple things. One, I really, really liked that, you know, the obstacle specialist gets a little more of the do. And that's the same with uh, in Leon's race chasing Matt Kempson. Had there been another two, maybe three obstacles in there, I think Leon would have caught Kempson. Mm. But so I like seeing that. But the big thing, and I wanted to ask you about this, I've almost been waiting. So how do you feel 
about, and because this caused controversy, about women's versus men's obstacles? Should everything be the same? Do they mix it up? I mean, you have a case in, say, Spartan, where they are known to make differences, uh, weight of the tire, stuff like that, that switch things, Savage here changing the rig. Or you have something like NORAM OCRWC where everybody does the same thing, all the same weights, all the same standards. And I'm just curious as to where you sit on, did Savage do the right move? Should they make it easier? Because in the end, there was only eight women that completed the the course, right? That finished with their bands on. Wow, that's pretty low. I don't know how many women started, but that's pretty low. I'm, I'm gonna say it was like, uh, we're talking less than, I think they said, 37% something in that range. So we're talking uh, less than 40%. That's pretty similar. Noram's 2019, there was only 16 elite women who finished mm -hmm. in comparison to 60 or 70 men. So that's a pretty sick, and the same thing, like you said, it's the exact same course for men and women. That I, I it's hard because it, when you leave a race where you don't have, and you're an elite obstacle course racer and you leave the race and you haven't finished with your band, it's pretty disheartening. And it's not like you're like, I'm going to leave this sport because I'm not good at it. Most people in the elite world are like, I'm going to work harder at it. So I, I'm, I'm a hundred percent on the fence about it with the men. Way to commit. <laughs> Way to commit. I know. So, okay. If I had to pick, this is where, when it comes to the weighted things, I, I do think a hundred percent, it should be different. Women shouldn't be flipping the same tire and, or the hoist, sandbags, buckets. That makes sense. It just does. Um, the rigs, it depends on the rigs. I know even as a, as a smaller person, sometimes even just the gap is so big sometimes as a small, as a female, and it's not like uh, most females, it's their reach or anything is that much bigger than mine. And I don't think it's necessarily, it's not the grip strength thing when it comes to the rig. I think it's the reach thing. So there's things sometimes where I almost have to, I have to lache just to get across a monkey bar set. So that dramatically changes a rig. So when it comes to a rig where that might be the case, I, I do think it's fair then that there's, there's women's lanes and men's. Um, length of them, no, not necessarily. That's fine. It's not the grip strength, I don't think. I think it comes down to the, the the distance between different things. So I don't know exactly. I don't know. I didn't see what the what that obstacle was like, and that was different for the men and the women. But I think when you look at, I think if you could, like you were saying, if there's a difference between thirty percent of the women and seventy percent of the men finishing it, then maybe we could bring it somewhere in the middle so that you have about as many people completing it. And, and, and think for that rig, I think it wasn't a reach issue whatsoever, I don't think. I think it was, it was a, a technique issue and a strength issue. And I was actually surprised, not just by the women, but by the men, how many do not seem at the end of a rig to be able to figure out to lock off on the rope with your feet. Yeah. And, and it, it stuns me today. I see it in so many elite stuff. And I know that you, when you're elite, you're strong, you're good, you're fast. But basic technique can really, really help in simple situations like that. And that's you, if, when you watch it, you will see Rebecca Hammond fiddle farting around with her feet yeah. to no end. And all she needed to do was a quick lock off and tap that bell. But then does she not climb the rope using her feet as well? Again, I think there's a matter of using your feet and using your feet effectively with good efficiency. Because if you're using your feet right, you should be able to like wrap your arms around the rope and let go with your hands and just hold on comfortably. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. know, and easily, like, if you're using your feet right, you have no weight in your hands whatsoever. So yeah. 
I don't know. I'm like, I've never questioned Rebecca Hammond's abilities whatsoever. Maybe she had a bit of race brain there, what the case was. Maybe she's yeah. like, oh my God, this girl's pulling up on me. What do I do? Well, I did. I actually saw I her race report said, I didn't know how to walk off my feet. Okay. Well then that's just stupid, Rebecca. You should know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe she does climb the rope primarily upper body. Yeah. So, so, for, so then you're okay with, splitting them and having women's obstacles men's obstacles there was a great many people that were like no no that's sexist and i'm like i don't like the sexist i know this is where it comes down to is the equality piece and i get that but it's still on average the female is smaller you can't argue with that too so our our reach is smaller i don't think necessarily a strength as far as grip is concerned is smaller but when you're talking about weighted things yeah the average female is a lot smaller than the average male. So it does, it does kind of make sense. Women, I, um, OCR world is always the exact same. And I've had this conversation a lot because my training partners are all males. And so I whine about it a little bit sometimes. because I'm like, I had to do the exact same race as you. You're twice my size. Like I had to carry all the same weight as you. Everything. And it wasn't, I didn't, it wasn't the obstacles that bothered me so much as the weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but certain rigs, yeah, some rigs, it doesn't matter. Yeah. So. Well, I actually think when you when you think about it and when you bring us up about length, and I hadn't really, you know, I mean, really given out a lot of thought about the reach, but you think about even Spartan monkey bars where. really far now. Yeah, the average span is about 24 inches, you know, two feet. And when you're, a lot of the men can skip a bar, especially in dry yeah. conditions, can just do that hook and that monkey swing and skip the bars. That's one thing, but if you're, that's a four foot wingspan. That's really toughy for a guy like me. Like I'm not super tall. I'm like five, seven, five, eight with some good shoes. And <laughs> you know, that's a long reach for me. I can do it, yeah. but that's a long reach. When you're talking, uh, you know, average women being maybe, you know, five, four, five, that five, becomes yeah. inseparable, well, comes in not a really doable reach. Definitely not worth the risk. If they were to make the women's monkey bars say, six inches closer all of a sudden you would give women who actually do have some more technique some more confidence in their grip it would add a little excitement to it whereas right now pretty much every woman you see go across the monkey bars in spartan does the exact same technique runs at almost exact same speed yeah so maybe that makes more exciting racing maybe it opens up more technique i don't know yeah and just more obstacle completion too yeah 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 so eh, that's the thing i do i do agree with you and, and i i love the way noram does it i like that everybody does the same thing i think that's very cool and from a race director standpoint that's got to be nice because you're not bringing two separate sets of buckets or sandbags or weights and then yeah. engineering different rigs everybody does the same thing and they seem to make it work fairly well um the European people did have a trouble with that one time where there was like three or one, one or one to three women who actually finished. And that was it. Oh, wow. Yeah. That was at the European championship. It did not go well. The men's rigs yeah, weren't much right. better, <laughs> but um, I guess they got excited and everybody brought their biggest, baddest rig and got in their head. The ideas to make everyone fail. Oh yeah. So, that's not really. Yeah. So yeah, I, I agree with you that, different races can be different things they can do whatever i do not think it's sexist to change a rig to make it more accessible for women Mm, i agree don't shorten it change it up a little add another hold shorten the distance between the obs between the apparatus things like that you can be creative yeah i exactly i agree yeah and another thing quickly that 
happened too this weekend. Another Spartan race. So yes, more races. More races are happening. Things are happening. And uh, congrats to the winners. Um, San Antonio. So Alex and Chris again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, see the bad boy Isaiah. He was back in a third. Yeah, he's on the podium. Mm-hmm. And something I didn't notice quickly. I didn't do too much research. I mean, this wasn't a national series event or anything like this. This was just a, a regular Spartan in Dallas. Super and sprint. And this goes back to a pet peeve. So we'll go back to a pet peeve. <laughs> top three age group guys. So top three guys that finished in their age groups would have been, I believe, definitely the first two would have been number four and number five in the elite. Really? Wow. And I believe the third guy would have been six. I, I'm not going to bet the mortgage on that one, but I, he was right up there. So yeah, top three guy, top two guys in age group would have been number four and number five in elite. Wow. To me, especially at a non-national series event, those guys are elites. Yeah. Just my opinion. I still wish there was some way that that could be done because I, I still think that's kind of sandbagging. But yeah, you got it where you could almost force them into the elite heat. Yeah, I mean, even just recommend it. Like Jack Bauer and I had a chat one time about this, and it was like, if when Spartan said, "Hey, you've you've got your EQ card, your elite status qualifying card." If they said, we recommend you run a lead even on it, you know, just a yeah. little gentle nudge, something to one, to stop guys from sandbagging. And I don't think this happens as much as a woman, but to encourage more women mm-hmm. to step up and run a lead because just giving them more confirmation that, yes, you are good enough to try this. You should be up there. You should be doing that. Yeah. <clears throat> and if he, if they would have finished five, fifth, six in age group, if they were chasing people, Mm-hmm. And it might have changed up the lead too. Yeah. And what if, well, so what if Spartan, I wouldn't mind this, if Spartan, they'll never do it because the age group thing has made them too much money. People have gravitated to it so much. Yeah. But I really wouldn't mind if they went back and just was like, everybody kind of runs elite. You have like your, your major elite pros up at the front and then slowly slower as you get back. I don't know how they do that. Maybe take 5k times or 10k times or whatever the case may be when you submitted. And then you get your podium and then everybody else back is, is an age group, right? So it's a true, you know, true age group. You get nobody claiming false victories. Like, cause I mean, I can go out there and say, I can, I can win a Spartan age group and say I'm top, you know, 40 to 44, but Ryan Woods beat me by 20 minutes. Right. In the elite group. He's really the top guy in the age group. Right. right? Yeah. So I think that might be an idea, but it'll never happen. Yeah, that is what I actually really like. And that's coming from a road racing background. Yeah, yeah. And simplifies. And then the rest of the age groupers. It saves that decision. Do I race elite? Do I race age group? Yep, you just race. Exactly. And the virtual contests we've been in have been like that, like uh, with yeah. high rocks and stuff like that. It's been like that. It's okay. Everybody's, there's no elite. There's no, there's just, this is where you finished in that group. This is where you finished in age. So if you were in the age group with Forrest Bogue, well, tough shit. Yeah, <laughs> or Lauren Weeks. <laughs> yeah, or Lauren Weeks. You lost it. Okay, just deal with it. Yeah, good thing we're old, right, Dave? <laughs> oh yeah, I'll take it. I'm still waiting for my shirt, though. Yeah, me too. <laughs> my, buddy, my buddy, Jason Wong, got his in. Cal- I think he lives in California, but I'm sure we'll get ours in like six months. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and then Canada Customs will probably charge us fifty bucks to get it too. Yeah. <laughs> ah, jerks. <laughs> So another thing, and this is going, actually, this isn't the future. This is going forward. This weekend, a couple of big things are going on. One is finally the first ever 
Deca Fit. Yay! 5K Deca Fit, and that will be in. Uh, it's in Texas. I can't remember the exact city, but it's in Texas. I'm really happy for for, for Yancey especially. Yeah. This is finally happening. They have put in so much legwork, and I think that they've been kind of treated as this, you know, uh, redheaded stepchild. Yeah. You know? Yeah, to high rocks, yeah. Yeah, like a second-class citizen. So we don't have a list of everybody that went through, that's going through. Um, I do know a few of the men's names, um, and I would have picked these guys for the podium anyway, who is going. We got, like, uh, Jack Bauer, Forrest Bogue, mm -hmm. and, um, oh, my God, uh, Nick Riker. Oh, who, nice. Who, honestly, that probably would have been my podium pick anyway. All three have done, you know, have done the uh, deck of strong. Jack's actually done the full deck of fit in the testing modes oh nice okay. so yeah those three guys i honestly i do not know any of the women i apologize i've been trying to figure it out but you know timing's not air. timing is tough and yeah. this is constantly changing by next weekend it'll probably be different anyway they'll probably have a few more go on so mm -hmm. my question to you though is do you think that this event will give deca kind of the clout to be considered you know more on the edge like to be catching up in the realm of a functional fitness competition to give it more of a more cachet if you will yeah i think it, this needed to happen eventually right because they haven't really it's all been sort of conceptual up to this point and they've been having their things in the gyms which gives people a bit of a feeler but you need that big event where you have the, the, the big names you have the production piece it's like one of the coolest things about High Rocks is just the production of it. You're in these massive stadiums, the music's cranking, you have the DJ, the loudspeaker, like the whole big thing. And that it's so different than if you're just kind of doing the High Rocks workout in your gym. So that's where when people get the feel of that in a deficit actual event, that's when people kind of they gravitate towards it and they fall in love with that as its own thing. Because then they've done, they've been doing deficit also at these races so that they can at the Spartan races that they've done this year where people can kind of get a feel for it, but it's just so different. You need to have that event where it's all about DECA and everyone's coming to do DECA and people, um, they're hyped about that and that's their focus for that weekend. So, and I, I think you agree, we're both going to, we're going to root for Forrest on this. I'm sorry, Jack. Oh, yeah. Nick, you're a great guy too. You're all great guys, but Forrest, he's just kind of our guy. He just, he just loved Forrest. Yeah. Yeah. I'm rooting for him. Yeah. 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 And, um, and like I said, again, with the women, I don't know, but I know for me, I feel serious FOMO on this one. I can't imagine what it's like for you because I would honestly consider you a contender at an event like this, like, yeah. the, and especially, and I'm not trying to, you know, you know, you would call your shots or pick your races kind of thing, but at a race where you're not having like Lauren Weeks, you're not having a lot of the big names there. This is, is a race where you would have a real good shot just to make you feel worse, you know? If you take out all the big people, I would have a real shot. <laughs> I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that that they're okay. Well, is your chances not better with Lauren Weeks not there? Yeah, obviously. Well, then stop bitching at me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Deca Fit to me would be if I could design a workout that would be perfect for me. It would be that. Same with and same with Forrest, and that's why he's our pick and he's our guys because. If you could design a workout where, like, my size is is a strength, perfect, definitely. Let's do it. I can run. The yep. weights aren't overwhelming. It's functional fitness. 
So this is something that you got to keep your eye on and just see what the scores are. And that, and again, that's the one thing I really do. And because I'm 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 a statty kind of geek and then I like numbers. That's the one thing I really like that is missing from OCR that Deca and Hyrox can do is you can get nice numbers. You can boom, you can see, yes. ding, 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 you can really predict. Um, yes. I think I think it's great. I'm very happy for Yancy. Very happy for Deca. I hope it goes off amazingly. And one thing, I doubt it'll happen, but try to give us some coverage even if it's just like an instagram live instagram feed stories give someone the job of that yeah. seriously pay an intern don't pay an intern get get somebody when forest when forest finishes hand him a phone and watch let him go with somebody else i don't care find somebody to just live stream it on instagram facebook youtube anything it doesn't have to be a professional you don't need a ton of commentary you don't need anything just let the race play itself out and man that'd be awesome because much easier to film than a Spartan race. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So best of luck, Yancey and Decafit. We are rooting for you. We hope to be seeing lots of it. And, um, you know, yeah, open, the, coverage. open the border up and let us come because we're, we're going to smash some shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so excited. <laughs> and then one of the big thing, and this is going on close to home. Well, it's going on north of the border. It's not close <laughs> to home. Uh, this coming weekend is going to be the dead end race is putting on the sub zero race. And for those sub zero race is essentially it's, it's a snow CR it's OCR in the snow. It is actually happening. This is going to happen. It's not getting canceled. It is all, uh, compliant with all the COVID rules. You are safe. I've been to these events. They do an amazing job and this is legit OCR, great obstacles, great run. Um, I do know uh, Samuel E. Bear is going to be there. He's definitely going to be, oh. definitely, I would say, my favorite. He's familiar with this course, and this is this is his backyard. This is his world. So um, is, this, is this a very elite race, though, or is it more about the masses? It does have an elite division, but as a general rule, the winter races are a little less, um, less competitive. Um, I think though that they're still they're still fast. I mean, I ran. I think it was 2018 or 2019. I ran in a uh, 2019. Yeah, it was. I ran in a dead end race version of this. Uh, much different scenario was in a, a downtown Montreal in a park. Uh, the obstacles probably were not as challenging there as well, but the competition level was high. It was fast. Um, again, I did okay in age group, but the overall, I mean, those guys were cooking. And there's so many athletes in Quebec that we do not know about. Yeah. Yes. Just come out for the Quebec races and are, excuse the French, how do you like that? Excuse the French. They are fucking fast. Mm -hmm. They are super athletic and super good. And I really wish they'd travel more because some of these guys and girls should have their names more well-known and especially fast. I'm going there. I'm going to be there. I'm going to be there for the whole weekend. I'm going to video as much as I can. I'm going to interview the winners. I'm going to take a look at everything. Uh, but I can promise you, anyone who's interested in finally getting back out there in Canada, it is worth the drive. They put on a first-class race. It's decent value. It's not super expensive. And it is an amazing facility. Yeah, it yeah. is at uh, 40, Nord 45, 45 degrees north. Great facility. Honestly, come out. Um, and great race director. Brian Townsend does an awesome job. Puts mm -hmm. it all together. So just go on. Uh, <laughs> and if you don't speak French... Use Google Chrome and check out um, Dead End Race. You'll see it there and they can translate for you. Or if you have any questions, honestly, ask me. I would definitely help you out. It's great. But you're not going to be there because you suck. 
Spitak. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll make a last-minute decision and go. I think it's a good idea. It, it, it might happen. Yeah, you, you could use another fancy trophy. I like that last trophy, actually. That was a good trophy. They did a good job. Yeah. Hopefully, Jules doesn't steal it again. Jules yeah. <laughs> trophies. She ran away with it. Yeah, well, she might not run fast, but she'll run long. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, support your local races. We preach this all the time. Support your local races. If you can get out there, do so. It's, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And then, plus, you'll have a head start when Dead End Race does a race in July, which, again, that will happen, too. Yeah. And they got some really competitive races then. That is going to be a full weekend of massive, awesome races. Yes, it will be very worthwhile for sure. Yeah, I'm even seeing, I have my dead end shirt on today. Just <laughs> tooting the horn. Great job. And honestly, super excited. But for me, that's all I needed to catch up on. Do you got anything else from this? No, that's great. Yeah, lots of good races coming out. It's been so awesome to see people racing again. Yeah, and just like you said, it's, it's coming back. We are. Yeah. And hopefully, actually, hopefully soon we'll have the announcements of a couple of smaller events. Maybe, maybe one in your backyard. Yeah, I have to work on some things because I have come to a bit of a roadblock with getting equipment. That's right. Which has also, from a gym perspective, with, with COVID and everything that's gone on, it's really, really hard to get equipment, especially uh, like small equipment. So once, once I know for sure I can secure that, then yeah, we're going to be announcing an event at my gym too. Roadblocks are just obstacles we're going to smash. So, oh, exactly. It'll be fine. I just have to work it out. Yeah. And uh, as well, Obstacle Sports Canada will be, is, again, I'm not 100%, but I would say let's call it 95%, having a virtual race in May, the end of May, that I promise you um, firsthand will be different than any other virtual event you've done. And we'll have the and Dave has done them all. Yeah, and yeah. he is critical of all of them, so it will be great. <laughs> best part is, is, is yes, I'm going to be very heart heavy in the planning of this. And if it screws up and the judging is no good, you can blame me and tell me I am a dumbass. That <laughs> itself is worth the price of admission, and I will acknowledge you being right. <laughs> Maybe I'll send you a personal email saying, "Yes, you are right. I am a dumbass." So no it'll be fantastic i'm sure so yeah well yeah so thank you everyone for listening thank you for continuing to go out there and support your races local and bigger and just thanks for listening keep getting keep going out there and crushing it and uh keep getting us something to talk about <laughs>